You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and back on today's show, we have John Kegley calling in after graduating from basic training. Super excited to have him on. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, where we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Well, like I said, we have a special guest for you guys today because John Kegley is going to be joining us. If you guys are new to the show, John Kegley is one of the original founding three members of the Locked On Chargers podcast as it is constituted now. So we're going to get him on today to talk about his draft reaction to some of the picks, talk about how boot camp was, and much more. And he'll be here to answer some voicemail questions that we got on today's show. And you guys really brought it with the voicemails this week. I mean, we have is Justin Herbert a top 10 quarterback? We'll be talking about if the Rams defense and offense is better than the Chargers offense and defense and much more in the voicemails today. But let's go ahead and get into it. Returning now for his first time calling into the show other than a small voicemail we got, we have John Kegley, one of the original hosts of the show, who is now calling in from somewhere in the middle of the country. Still doesn't have his microphone and all of the things he needs to get back on as much as we'd like him to. But, John, you are here. You are, have now graduated basic training. How was it? I'm sure it wasn't that fun for you, but how does it feel to be back on the show? Get into, you know, calling in some capacity. Well, um, let's just say it was basic training was easy. It was, it was really easy. <laughs> it's as simple as do what you're told. And say yes, Joe. Sorry, I think Forrest Gump summed that up pretty well. <laughs> um, it feels nice to be back on the show. I've been thinking about it constantly. It just sucks not having a phone to sit there and just research stuff all day. You're just sitting there going, "Huh, I wonder if they made a signing this week. Who did they draft?" <laughs> right. I mean, you were about as far out of the loop as you could be, right? I mean, you don't get those privileges of having your phone. So, I mean, you've really had to intermittently get your information right so like you didn't get to watch the draft you had to find out about all of that stuff after and this whole process for you i mean after free agency because you got to see who the chargers picked up in free agency but i mean pretty much right after that you're gone you're totally in a blackout of chargers knowledge and then you come back and you talked about this a little bit when you called in but i'm sure not everyone got to hear that you got to call in and give your thoughts a little bit on the draft, specifically regarding the first two picks for the Chargers in the first and second round, having Rashawn Slater fall to the Chargers, and then having Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round fall to the Chargers. I mean, 13 and 47 is where those guys end up, but no one thought that was going to happen. I mean, we were talking about how it probably wasn't realistic when you were leaving that, you know, Rashawn Slater could potentially fall to the Chargers. So, I mean, what was that like to finally be able to see who the Chargers drafted and see that they got those two guys at the top of it? Well, when we left, you said, who would I ideally want to see? And those are the two guys I named. So right. the whole time I was thinking about the draft, I was like, oh, crap, the 28th coming up. This means it's about to be draft weekend. Oh, crap, please be Rayshon Slater and Asante Sam. Like I, did, I kept saying that over and over to myself. 
Then we get phone privileges that weekend. Believe it or not, the Army has to give you 30 minutes of phone time every Sunday now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but right when I was looked up, I was like, I was like, Slater and Asante Samuel. Slater and Asante Samuel. I look it up, right? When I see they're both there, I feel like it. I feel like we hit the jackpot. That was really, really good. That's I, I don't think it could have gone any better, really, for the Chargers in the first two rounds. Those are two really good guys. You got Rayshon Slater, who went up against them, like monumental pass rushers, including Chase Young, and did good against them. And these are guys who are in the NFL and performing well. So he's you could basically say he's already ahead of the game. And then with Asante Samuel Jr., he's got a dad who was like amazing at getting pick sixes. I'm guessing he must know a little bit about reading the QB's eyes and breaking mm-hmm. off a little bit and breaking off the pass, interception, something that we've been asking for for years. I mean, David, every single week we do keys of the game. Get a turnover, get a turnover. That's going to be your guy. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean, it's so monumental. It's just incredibly important to turn the ball over and get the ball back to your offense. And the Chargers simply did not do that at a good enough clip. And getting Rashawn Slater in the first round, I mean, John, these were guys that we just dreamed about. We were like, there's no way it's going to happen. And then it happens and you just, you're over the moon about it. But, you know, after we talk about the first two picks, I think everyone's universally really excited about those two. But then we get to the third round picks. And of course, with Tom Telesco in the charges lately, we know that's where things get interesting. So the first of those third round picks is Josh Palmer, the wide receiver. So what do you think about, first of all, the Chargers taking a wide receiver in the third round and the guy they ended up getting in Josh Palmer? What are your thoughts on that? I, I'm a little... Uh... I don't know, I'm a little confused on why it's a wide receiver when you already drafted a bunch of them. Like uh, the year before, you got two of them the year before, and you already have a bunch of young guys who were like undrafted free agents and stuff that are coming on your team, and two of them did really good. So I mean, you basically already have six wide receivers, and you drafted another one, and it wasn't even this like standout wide receiver. It's in one of those another third round, like, oh, no, here we go again. I don't see much out of Palmer that makes me go, oh, you had to take him in the third round. Like, not doesn't have that top that big a speed really. like he runs like a four or five which is kind of your average wide receiver speed really i mean it's fast but it's not oh my god he's Jalen guyton fast and then on top of that it just seems like he's one of those guys that's really good at body control and can catch a ball but does he have separation skills his route running is just slightly above average i don't see something that makes me go we had to take him in the third round I'm a little confused by the pick. I mean, maybe the horrible QBs he had held him back and the Chargers see that potential. That's the best thing I can think of. I mean, it's definitely a potential pick. And obviously he shows up at the senior role and starts catching passes from Mac Jones, a Heisman finalist. And he looks like a completely different wide receiver, right? So I think the one thing that gives you faith is that this specific coaching staff wanted to go get this guy right so obviously he could be the backup plan for mike williams because mike williams isn't you know creating a lot of separation and i think as far as palmer goes he sets up his routes a little bit better sets up defensive backs a little bit better to help create some of that separation but definitely an outside wide receiver and the chargers don't have a ton of those outside of mike williams right now and keenan allen who still works really well out of the slot too but tyron johnson jalen guyton kj hill Joe Reed, those are slot receivers. None of those guys really have the outside route tree that you would want from a guy out there. But, John, now we've seen most of the offseason additions, and we'll get your thoughts on more of the draft picks you know, as we keep having you on the show because you're still obviously trying to catch up and watching tape on these guys. But you have a general idea of what the roster looks like at this point. So now that the draft is over, now that free agency is over for the most part, right, what is your biggest roster concern for the Chargers heading into the season? 
Oh, man, I, I would have to say it's just depth at the, like, O-line and D-line. I mean, we picked up some decent offensive linemen and stuff, but I feel like the depth still isn't there. I feel like you need to get more depth in the trenches because we know injuries are going to happen, and it's always in the trenches that it happens for the Chargers. That's my biggest worry, and especially on the D-line. you got to get way better depth at those, those positions. The talent level is like a big drop-off. When it go from the goes from the starters to the benches, that's my biggest worry. And I have to say, uh, you waited till like the seventh round to get a safety, really. Mm-hmm. And so, are you really preparing for Derwin James to get hurt again after it's happened like a few seasons in a row? Like, are you really preparing for this, or are you just drafting someone to be a camp body? Well, and right now, I think it's who they have behind them. I mean, right now, it's Mark Webb, a seventh round pick, and Alohi Gilman, a sixth round pick, right? And both of those guys that are starting right now, Derwin James and Nazir Adderley, have had, you know, pretty serious injuries over the last two seasons at one point or another, obviously, mostly with Derwin. Nazir made it last year pretty healthy for the most part. But, yeah, I mean, Nazir Adderley wasn't great last year. I think he'll be better. But, I mean, who is the free safety behind that with both of those guys looking more like strong safeties behind them right now? Maybe they think of Mark Webb that way, but even a Derwin James replacement by either of those guys doesn't make you feel great, but glad we got to catch up with that, but John's going to stick around for the rest of the show to help us answer some voicemails, and we had some really, really good voicemails this week, so coming up right after this, we're going to be getting into the three things we are looking for most from this new Chargers coaching staff, we're also going to get into the Battle of LA, whose offense and defense is looking better between the Chargers and the Rams, so we're going to get into that coming up right after this, but first I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. Baseball season is in full swing right now, guys, and you guys can track all of the action at BetOnline, but it's not just baseball. Right now, you guys keep betting on NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, so many crazy games going on in the playoffs with as high of stakes as you can find right now. Plus, you could also bet on UFC. That's something that me and David have been doing. I mean, so many good fights lately, and there's still NFL future bets too, right? So you guys can go find some great odds for the Chargers winning the AFC West and other NFL future bets right now. You just have to head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit They're going to give you some free money to help you guys get on the winning side of things and get you started quickly with a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on all caps, one word at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, now we will get into some voicemails. So I'm excited to get into the ones we're going to talk about today. And the next segment, we'll talk about, you know, if Justin Herbert is a top 10 quarterback right now as we're recording this podcast and more. But I do want to start here with Devin from L.A., who has a question about the battle for L.A., which he's on the Chargers side of things. So let's hear what Devin from L.A. has for us. Hey, guys. This is Devin from L.A., uh, Chargers fan since 08. Uh, just have to put that out there because I'm in L.A. I don't want all the SD fans to get mad at me. Um, so my question is over the battle of L.A. I saw a post today that compared the Rams offense to the Chargers offense. And uh, I truly believe that quarterback, receiver, and running back are all better on the Chargers. I know Stafford's been around for a while, and Herbert is a young kid, but I think his upside is so much higher, and I think the Chargers truly have that on lock um, on the offense side. So I'd like to get your guys' opinion on that. Um, and also on the defense, too. Um, 
I know the post was about the offense, but the defense. Uh, I think especially with the addition of Brandon Staley and all the new players, uh, I think we could take uh, the title for possibly better defense than the Rams as well, too. So want to get your idea on that. Um, you know, me being an L.A. Chargers fan, I definitely got to support and, you know, show my support over the L.A. Rams. So, you know, uh, bolt up. Looking forward to hearing uh, your input on that. And, yeah, can't wait for this season. You guys keep putting on a great show. Always love hearing you guys. You guys are doing great. All right. Bolt up. So I think this is a tough question, David, just because, you know, there's so many different ways to look at things. I mean, Matthew Stafford and Justin Herbert, how much better is Matthew Stafford going to be right outside of Detroit? Because obviously he put up a lot of crazy numbers there. But now we think he's probably in a better system. I mean, now with Dan Campbell and Anthony Lynn, we know he's in a better system than what he would have been. <laughs> but how much is that going to raise his game? Because he's always been a good quarterback, right? And yeah. obviously with Justin Herbert, we'll talk about where he kind of ranks. But that's a really close matchup, I would say, between Herbert and Stafford, just with the experience and proven production. And Justin Herbert's obviously unlimited potential. But even after that, I mean, Austin Eckler, Versus a guy like Cam Akers. Cam Akers is exciting. Doesn't bring the same type of you know receiving ability as Austin Eckler, but showed a lot of you know rushing explosivity last year too. And then you know Mike Williams, Keenan Allen versus Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. I mean, I don't think it's as wide of a margin as some people would think. So when you're looking at this just on the offensive side of things, who do you think is better right now? Yeah, I mean, looking at the offense right now, I mean, I still take the Chargers offense. And yeah, sure, I'm a little biased. But I mean, looking at the wide receivers, I think the the Chargers are pretty clearly ahead of them um, in that respect. I think Keenan has has produced year over year over year consistently, stayed healthy, put up very good numbers in the slot and on the outside. Mike Williams, say what you want about him, but he comes up big. I mean, he makes big catches. He keeps the Chargers in games. He's done that consistently throughout his career. Yeah, he's had the injury concerns, and he doesn't separate very well, but he makes plays. I mean, that is evidenced by his gaudy yards per reception numbers. I mean, he puts up big yards per catch numbers. I mean, consistently. 15, 18, 20 yards per catch. I mean, that's what he does. So I think if you look at what they do, and then, yes, the the quarterbacks, they're close, but, I mean, I love the potential of Justin Herbert. And, hey, I mean, you could say that the same thing for Matthew Stafford being out of Detroit and being matched with an offensive mastermind with Sean McVay. I mean, it would be interesting to see what those two guys are capable of doing. We know that Matthew Stafford is tough as nails, and he has a big arm. I just like that Justin Herbert is younger and a little bit more you know, physically gifted. I think he's bigger as well. I think that it's really tough, but I still think the Chargers have a, a superior offense. I'll say this about the wide receivers. I mean, Keenan Allen is number one on both teams easily, right? You throw in Deshaun Jackson for them, you know, a mixture of Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson for the Chargers third. I mean, obviously, at this point, Deshaun Jackson's career – They're all burners, right? They're all pretty much playing the same role. But I might take Robert Woods and Cooper Cup before I take Mike Williams. So I think that's, for me, where it would be tough because both of those guys are really good. I mean, Cooper Cup at times is looking like a top 10 receiver just with what he's able to do when he's healthy. And all three of them have had some injury concerns at one point or another, right? But Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, what are those guys going to look like now, right, without Jared Goff? So I think that even though they've put up some pretty productive seasons – It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, that's tough. I mean, I think it is really tough. I think it is really close. I would say, you know, not counting the offensive line because we just have no idea what the Chargers are going to be with pretty much an entirely new group. 
I'd, I don't know. I think it's going to be really close. I'd probably I'll, I'll lean Chargers, but Struggling. I think it is really close. Yeah, I know. I honestly, and I thought about this before the show too, but I, I just think it's close. Defensively, I mean, they lost John Johnson, Troy Hill, also lost Brandon Staley. The Chargers could be as good on defense as the Rams this year. And that's with, you know, obviously Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and some other guys that have come up big for them. Leonard Floyd getting him back was big. I think that'll be a close thing as well for this team. But given health, I mean, in both of these scenarios, I think the Chargers defense could be better than the Rams defense. But let's get into the next one here because we have Kirk calling in from Eagle, Nebraska, thanking us for answering his last question on the show and calling back in again. We appreciate that. Let's hear what he has for us this week. Hey, this is Kirk in Eagle, Nebraska. First of all, thank you for answering my question previously. And also, you guys have a great show. I listened to it on Odyssey. And uh, great great job, y'all. Um, hey, I was listening to the the Chargers will win the AFC West, and it kind of spurred on a thought in my head. And I'm going to ask you guys, what are your top three wants from this current coaching staff? Like, what do you want to see? And I'm going to go ahead and give you my top three. The first one is I want to get to the playoffs consistently. The second one is I want to, when I get to the playoffs, to win against the teams I should win against and not get out coached. So those those two are combined. When I get to the playoffs, I want that to happen. And the third thing is I want to be above 500 in division every year. So I want to win more games than lose games in division. Those are my top three. Um, as a Charger fan, that number that's number two. Well, actually, number one above all is you want to win the Super Bowl, right? But those are the top three things that I, I want to see. Uh, going back to wanting to win the Super Bowl, I had an interesting conversation with some some friends of mine about the Eagles, and I said, would they trade all of this hassle they had with with their quarterback, Carson Wentz, um, would they trade that all in to have a better Carson Wentz? And I said no, because they won a Super Bowl. You know, I think they would, every Philadelphia Eagle fan would go back, do the exact same thing, draft Carson Wentz, go through everything they did if they still got that Super Bowl the same way. So, anyhow, of course, number one, Super Bowl, but top three things you'd like to see out of this coaching staff. Thank you. Have a great day. So those are, you know, three very good wants from the coaching staff. And I think this has to do with how you're thinking about it too. I'll go ahead and start here. I mean, these are my top three things I'm looking for the coaching staff. I mean, obviously getting the playoffs consistently, beat the teams you're supposed to do in the playoffs. All that is great. Doing good inside the division is important too. But just from what I hope these coaches are giving these players, John, I would have to say for me, number one, no miscommunications. I mean, having the team look organized, right? Time management, no miscommunications, no dumb timeouts, things like that. That's number one for me. Number two, making adjustments, right? How many times have we been so frustrated in the past by teams and the Chargers specifically not making adjustments at halftime, getting beat by the same things over and over again? A part of that is, you know, poor offensive game planning and adjustments and Gus Bradley never really changing things up, right? And then for three, mine would be aggressiveness. This is what you're getting from this coaching staff. I want the guy that's going to go for it on fourth and one instead of giving it to Patrick Mahomes in overtime, right? Aggressiveness for me. I think those three things for me, John, I'd be very happy with this coaching staff. What do you think? I would agree with those. When, uh, number one for me is going to be aggressiveness. Number one, it's aggressiveness. You're going to go in there with, I'm here to win, not I'm here not to lose. If you have that mentality, you can have a horrible game plan. You can have a bunch of second and third stringers, but you'll be in the fight and you'll put up a good game. And then after that, it's 
going to be game planning. You, I don't want to see you coming in there with the same plays that we've seen before when we had like the Mike McCoy era with wide receiver screen every three plays. Like, I don't want to see a crossing route at least two times every drive like they did with Tyrell Williams. I want to see an actual game plan, something that changes every week like Bill Belichick did. This week we have this game plan for this team. Next week we're switching everything for this team. And then after that, communication is going to be huge. And if you're at the offensive line and you can communicate who's going where, Justin Herbert has all day to throw. If you're on the defense and you realize something happened and you know what play it is and you communicate that, there's your turnovers. Communication is going to be huge for this team. Absolutely huge. I mean, how many times at the end of games last year, especially losses, did we hear miscommunication? I don't want to hear that again. I want everyone to have full communication, please. None of that. David, you want to squeeze in your three things you want from this coaching staff real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Number one, improve special teams. I I think it's going to be massive uh, to have better field position and, you know, to get your ball, get the ball back, you know, with a shorter field. I think it's going to be really important. Better run pass balance. I know John's going to love hearing that. And then the third one for me, besides, you know, in-game adjustments, which was on my list, is development. I want to see these coaches develop players and make them better. We didn't see that enough in the past. That needs to be a focal point for this team going forward. And I might be a little bit biased, but I'm going to say all of those were good answers, right? And I think it just showed you kind of how far they had to come in the coaching department and how excited we were with Brand Staley taking over and just doing something different than what we saw with Anthony Lynn, where we saw giant gaffes in pretty much all of the different things we just discussed, right? And it seemed like the aggressiveness came, but not until it was like save your job mode, right? You want a guy going into it from the beginning with an aggressive outset. You can you can also throw in really good locker room presence as well, like a bunch of guys that love each other and love the coach and respect the coach and want to run through a brick wall for the guy, whereas the past two coaches, you had people faking injuries and just not wanting to be around the place. Like I think locker room presence has to be something you expect too play the best players get out of here with the you know the relationships and the favorites if you're the best guy you should be on the field period yeah i mean that goes without saying i mean i think anthony lynn you know could have had certain guys ready to run through a brick wall but at the same time like that's also not enough right it's not enough to just have that right and i think even though he was a good leader i don't think he ever totally lost the locker room it has to be more x's and o's wise too how about no you know, automatic third and one run calls. How about that for coaching? But we do have one more segment to get into. We have three more voicemails. We're going to be talking about where Justin Herbert ranks on the list of top 10 quarterbacks. Is he a top 10 quarterback at this point? You know, and what is he going to turn into? And we'll also be talking about the potential for Drew Brees to maybe add on to the Chargers coaching staff down the road. That is very interesting. So we're going to get into all of those things coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, that the official protein bar of the Locked On Chargers podcast has to be Built Bar. I mean, Built Bar are my favorite protein bars, hands down. I mean, they've definitely taken over my life to some extent just because I get so anxious if I leave the house without one because it's so nice to always have something on me that's going to taste great and fits into whatever diet I'm doing, right? And for me, it has to taste great. That's number one. The healthy part is great too, and you're not going to find much better than Built Bar. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. But if it doesn't taste good, I'm not going to eat it. So having flavors like peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and all the different limited time flavors that they have at BuiltBar.com, you can always change it up and spice things up. You're not going to get bored of any of the flavors because there's so many to choose from but 
If you guys go to BuiltBar.com right now, we can even save you guys some money. If you use the promo code LOCKED15, you can get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, well, let's jump back into some voicemails here. And happy again to have John Kegley calling in after basic training while he waits to do his army schooling and calling into the show today. And thank you guys for calling in and giving us these great voicemails. I mean, some of the more creative voicemails that we've gotten. And if you guys want to get on the show, the number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But let's jump right into it here, guys, with a Victor from Orem, Utah, and see what he has for us this week. Hey guys, it's Victor from Orem, Utah. I'm calling in because I, I have a question. I'm wondering what you guys think. Uh, do you guys think Justin Herbert is a top 10 quarterback right now? Um, personally, if you ask me, I think he, at the moment, what he's proven from a year, I definitely think he's a top 10 talent, but I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback right now. I bet by the end season, end, end of the season, he will be a top five. But I mean, there's, 12 other guys or 11 other guys that I put in front of Herbert, like Mahomes, Rogers, Wilson, Watson, Brady, Allen, Lamar, Matt Ryan, Stafford, Prescott, Ryan Tannehill, maybe Roethlisberger. But I do think by the end of next year, he's like a top five, top eight quarterback. But I'm wondering what you guys think. Love the show. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, so just for reference, a ton of top 10 quarterbacks and top quarterbacks in the NFL list have come out. This is where Justin Herbert ranks on those. For CBS, he's 8th. For Pro Football Network, 14th. Pro Football Focus, you know, the national Justin Herbert hater, 15th. And the NBC, 11th. So, this is a tough question because I think, you know, it's hard to, okay, what is he going to be this year when we finally see him? Is that kind of what we're basing it on? Is that player going to be a top 10 quarterback? Or going off what we've seen so far, only one year of having one good season, where can you rank him having that little, you know, sample size to kind of choose from? So, John, if I'm asking you right now, is Justin Herbert a top 10 quarterback? What are you going to say? Uh, I'm going to have to go no. And it's not his fault or nothing. He's just still a rookie. And well, he just came off his rookie season, I should say. And we still haven't seen what a sophomore season is like. He's going to be a sophomore slump. Has coaches figured him out? And plus, we haven't seen what he's like with a whole offensive line. You don't know what he is yet. I don't think he's top 10. I'd say he's definitely top 15. I don't think if you put him anything less than 15, then you're out of your mind. But I think his potential is top five potential. And Right now, I don't think he's top 10 yet. I think he still has a lot of things he needs to fix. There's a lot of movement in the pocket, escaping the pocket type of things you should do, maybe learning to run out of the pocket, <clears throat> learning to scramble a little bit more when the coverage drops off. Just stuff like that would make him more top 10. Right now, I think he's just your really good QB in the NFL who produces. Well, and I think a lot of that will have to do with how well – Brandon Staley can help him start, you know, really seeing what's out there defensively and adjusting to what's out there and figuring out these disguises and all of those things. That's been a huge part of the game plan for Brandon Staley and this coaching staff, and they've been very transparent about that. So, David, flipping it over to you, I'm going to guess you're going to say he is a top-10 quarterback. Uh, no, I'm actually I'm not going to say that. Um, just Boom. Just surprise you a little bit, but he's very yeah, close. Yeah, I think we didn't talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> Have I been gone that long? What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I've been a little bit more pessimistic. Uh, probably not 
a whole lot. Not enough to really, uh, you know, turn the dial or move the dial at all. But um, I'm saying he's he's on the precipice. Like, if we're talking about physically gifted and, and just tools and intangibles, yeah, he's absolutely a top-ten quarterback. But as far as results are concerned, I just need more. I need to see more. This is a, a whole new offense that's specifically designed around Justin Herbert. But we need to see how he is going to execute that offense. I just need to see more. I think there's a couple of guys that are going to fall out of that top 10 very soon. I don't like Ryan Tannehill. I've never liked him. I don't like Ben Roethlisberger. I think he's getting old, and there's definitely some signs there that indicate that he's going to fall off very soon. So if he goes out there and puts together this type of season that I think he's capable of, I think we won't even be having a conversation of whether he's a top 10 quarterback or not. But as it's currently constructed right now, I'm going to say no. Right now, I would say Mahomes, Rodgers, Wilson, Watson, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, Lamar Jackson, Matt Stafford. That's my top 10. So right now, he's falling at 11. Now he's my 11th best quarterback based on what he's done right and where I think he's at right now as a quarterback, which is awesome. And I do think, you know, if he has the season that he could have this year, it is a different discussion going into 2022. But we're going a little long on these questions. So let's get into the next voicemail here. We have Ryan Johnson. Let's see what he has for us. Hi, my name is Ryan Johnson. calling from Kentucky, first-time caller. Now, hear me out. I know this is going to be an incredibly, incredibly large reach here. I know with Breeze, you know, upon his retirement, he's not going to be working for NBC, or at least that's the last time I heard anything. He's going to be doing a morning show with him. With him hanging around the team and his relationship with Lombardi, I can't help but see someday with the passion that he has for the game that Bree's potentially moving over into the coaching space. Like I said, I know this is a reach. But with him being close to the team and things like that, if something was to ever happen and Lombardi moved up the coaching tree and took a job elsewhere, would you guys be interested potentially in seeing Breeze being an offensive coordinator somewhere down the line? He would have an intricate knowledge of the offense and how everything runs. His passion is absolutely contagious. So just curious what you guys' thoughts would be about that. If that ever became an option, would you like to see the Chargers pursue it? Thanks, guys. Hold up. So this is very intriguing, guys. I mean, this is, for a lot of reasons, I mean, the experience in the game from Drew Brees, obviously the familiarity with Joe Lombardi is great, right? If he were to come in, if Shane Day gets a new job, right, and he comes in to be the quarterback's coach, something like that. But great players don't always turn into great coaches, right? Michael Jordan is not one of the best basketball coaches out there. Magic Johnson was not a good coach. Like, it doesn't always translate. You're not talking about, you know, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Like, Bill Belichick wasn't a great quarterback, right? So it doesn't always translate that way. So we'll keep it short here. If, you know, let's say Joe Lombardi was to move on, maybe Shane Day moves into being the Chargers offensive coordinator. If Drew Brees is available to be a quarterback coach, David, are you interested in bringing him on the staff? Absolutely. I mean, a Hall of Famer with with, uh, just loads of experience and someone who has been talked about and something that's kind of acknowledged that he's just incredibly cerebral and and he's just, you know, he's had so much success in this game. So, yeah, I mean, I'd love to have him as a QB coach if he's interested in doing that. I mean, he's got a pretty cushy cushy TV job right now. So we'll see if he's even interested in the future. When he brought that up, you know, and that it would be down the road, obviously. John, what do you think? I think that's the only position I would hire him as a coach and I wouldn't put him as offensive coordinator or head coach but quarterbacks coach 
developing a QB, I think you'd fit perfectly for that. Anything else, I don't think he really would become a great position coach. I don't think he'd be a good well, I mean, coordinator a coach or a good head coach anywhere else. I think it just head coach would be it. Even if he was to try to fix offensive lines, I've heard him say he was really good at teaching the offensive line their assignments. Could he do that? I would, I'd say no. Yeah, I mean, I'd definitely be interested for sure. You have to see how he coaches your guy, right? So maybe you bring him in a few more times before that to kind of give Justin Herbert pointers and see how that goes. But yeah, I mean, quarterback coach, do I like the possibility? Sure. I mean, I think he could definitely bring some insight in there, but we don't know how he is as a coach. But we have one more here. We're going to have to get into this. This is Philip from California calling into the show. Let's see what he has to say. Hey there, guys. This is Philip from California. Love your show. Uh, number one podcast to me, Go Char- Go Chargers. Hey, question. If you could pick five defensive players that would be totally healthy the entire year, what would be those five? And please rank them from the one making the most impact to the one of the five that might make the least impact, but obviously still healthy. And then if you're feeling uh, crazy, maybe do the same thing with the offense. Thanks and go Bolt. Take care. Well, Philip, you seem like a smart guy. You know, I would agree that we are the best Chargers podcast out there. So we're definitely on the same page there. Five defensive players. I mean, this is a tough one. Five is a lot, right? Because I think all three of us, right? Derwin James, Joey Bosa, bar none, in whatever order, hey, maybe that changes for us. But that's the easy top two. After that, it gets a little bit harder. David, who are your five most important Chargers on the defensive side of things that have to stay healthy this season? Yeah, number one, Darwin James. I mean, just because I want to see what he's going to do out there in this defense. I mean, I've been chomping at the bit to watch this guy do what he does. And it's just because he makes everyone around him better. I mean, just can't wait to see that guy that guy play. So please stay healthy. Obviously, Joey Bosa, number two. Number three for me is Michael Davis. I mean, I don't think there's anyone on this team that plays at that level, that has that size, speed, that height, weight com- combination that he has. Nazir Adderley is number four for me because I just cannot stand the depth at the free safety position, partly because we don't even know what that looks like right now. And number five, uh, for much of the same reason of Derwin James, it's Kenneth Murray because, I mean, he's finally going to be able to play downhill in this defense. He's going to be able to get after the quarterback more. I think this is this role is what he is designed to do. So that's my top five right there. Our top fives are the same. Our order is a little bit different. I have Joey Bosa one. Derwin James too. I get the Derwin James part of it just because of the fact that, you know, you feel better about even like a Kyler Fackrell coming in to replace Joey Bosa than you feel about, you know, Alohi Gilman coming in to replace Derwin James. So from that standpoint, I get it. I'm a little concerned for pass rush this year. That's why I have Joey Bosa one because we still don't know about Uchen Wosu and how these other guys are going to fit in. Michael Davis for me is three. I think he's the best Chargers corner right now, especially on the outside. Like I think Asante could come in and play inside if Chris Harris was going to get hurt or something like that. But either way, Brandon Faison's getting on the field. It's a tough, you know, between the corners. And then I have Kenneth Murray number four, just because I think that this is going to be a different Kenneth Murray, right? And I think he's going to make himself a bigger part of the defense. And then I think Nazir Adderley for me is at five because of those reasons, right? And it's a guy that's not even the fifth best player potentially on the Chargers defense, but I think he's one of the most important players to stay healthy because who is the next free safety up right there? John, I know you have a top three list of guys you don't want to see get hurt because of how important they are to the Chargers defense. Who's your three? Number one is going to be Derwin James for sure. And the reason is when you saw like 2018, right, when we went 12-4, and Joey Bosa got hurt. Derwin James was still on the field. 
defense produced. The next year, Derwin James goes down. Joey Bosa is still on the field. Defense doesn't produce. Like I feel that leadership of Derwin James on the field is what makes this defense better. So he's number one, and then it's Joey Bosa. And after that, I go Chris Harris Jr. because I feel once you lose the one corner, the depth isn't great, and Michael Davis is going to have to cover one side of the field or the other, and that other side is going to be left open. So you can get the ball out quick on that side so the pass rush is no longer effective. If Derwin James is over the top and you're throwing it short for eight yards, you're just moving down the field. I feel the corner, Chris Harris Jr. is going to be the guy because he could play slot and outside, which is why I think he's more important than Michael Davis. After that, everyone just kind of blends in for me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's close right there just because either way, somebody, you know, is getting put on the field. You don't want to get put on the field if either one of those guys get hurt and Michael Davis or Chris Harris Jr. or even Asante Samuel Jr., right? The next guy up right now is Brandon Faison. We don't know what that's going to look like when he gets out there under this new coaching staff. Hopefully better, but it's hard to have a lot of faith in that right now, sitting where we are in the offseason. But great voicemails, a great time getting John Kegley back on the show. You do realize, as you guys are listening to this show, what day it is, right? It's the GOAT, LaDainian Tomlinson's birthday, 42 (laughs) years old. Definitely not surprised that John got that in there. June 23rd, the great LaDainian Tomlinson's birthday. I mean, hey, I can't argue with that at all. Definitely happy birthday to LaDainian Tomlinson, one of the greatest we've ever seen. And for Charger fans, the greatest running back of all time. But once again, the number to call into the show, 323-524-7924. We're trying to get every Charger voicemail on there, especially during the offseason. We'll have some more time, so make sure you guys keep bringing it like you guys did this week. But until next time, guys, well, tomorrow. We will be back with you guys tomorrow. It'll be a Wednesday, Thursday show for us this week. But until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports. David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. And John Kegley on Twitter at BiggestChargerFan. If you search it, you will find him. But you can also find us on our Instagram page at LockedOnChargers as well as our LockedOnChargers Facebook page. Make sure you guys follow the show if you don't already, wherever you get your podcast from, the new Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you can't find us on one of them, you can find our link tree on Instagram or on Twitter. It'll give you a bunch of different options of how you guys can listen to the show. So that's why it's important to follow us on social. But that is going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.